0: Hey everyone, bonjour, hello, hello. Um, Today I want to talk about um, a blog post I'm working on because the topic is fascinating. So I want to talk about invisible loyalties. Invisible loyalties, it's so, so fascinating. So the term was coined by this uh, family therapist, founder of family therapy called uh, uh, Naj something. Nash, I will put the name in the show notes. So his book is called Invisible Loyalties. And um, so these are loyalties that we have to generations that came before us, to parents, to grandparents, to our ancestors, right? So because when we are children, when we are small children, our parents, they take care of us, they feed us, they protect us from harm, they... They love us. They, they, they make sure we are okay. And in return, we cannot pay them in return because we are still small. So what happens is that unconsciously, we, we have really strong ties, loyal ties to our parents. You know, that's how we pay them back because to, they took care of us because our ancestors allowed us to be here today. We pay them back with our loyalty. So these invisible ties are very strong. And that's it's because of these ties that um, family members help each other, siblings um, help each other, um, you know, they have traditions that people follow, they have family values that people have together, and they band together, right? Well, um, the problem happens, hmm, so it all sounds really great, but... The problem is that in the case where a child was not loved, was neglected, was abused in cases of war, trauma, and everything, these invisible loyalties still stay. You know. The child will still tend to want to be loyal to the to the group, to the family, to the detriment of themselves. <sighs> this is something I really have to explain. So it just means that even though even if you receive the care or not, you will tend to be loyal to your parents, to your family, to your group, you know. But in the case when there's abuse, so this kind this you have to distort yourself to be loyal. Even cases where when there's no abuse, imagine you're raised in a family where you're loved and everything is okay. But the parents, they have this uh, path for you. They want you to take in life, and you know deep down inside that that's not you. They want you to become a lawyer, and you, what you want to do is to write, to be a screenwriter, let's say. And then, but you feel that because they did so much for you, you will follow what they want for you, right? These are, this, the, this is an example of, of what invisible loyalties are. And most of the time, we go along with what our parents, our ancestors want for us. Why? Actually, as a human being, there's a basic need that we all have, the need to belong. So we all need to belong. It's so scary to be out by yourself. It's, it's As a child, it's not even possible for a child to imagine their survival away from their caregivers, you know. So that's why when a child is abused, they never think their caregiver is bad. They think that they are bad. That's why the abuse came to them, because for their survival, they have to believe that the caregiver um, wants their good, wants them to survive. You know, that's just how um, child psychology is. That's why people blame themselves for bad things that happened to them when they were growing up, because they, for their survival, they, their brain couldn't accept that. Actually, this parent is not good to me. They don't want me to survive. It's not possible. So, it doesn't mean that we don't. When we grow up in this context, we we still want to. We still want to be loyal to our families because it's necessary, even for an abused child to feel they belong somewhere. That's why I was going. An abused child still needs to feel they belong to a family. They claim a family that actually is not a family because the the family doesn't love them or protect them or take care of their needs. But they claim, and these people most of the time, they claim their families more than other people. Every two sentences, they talk about their family. And then when you look at it, they actually never really had a family, but, you know, but they need that. They need, they need it to be like that. If not, it means they're by themselves and it's not possible. It's too, it's too scary. It's too scary to, to feel as if you don't belong to anything. So in my experience, uh, why did I start writing about this? It's so, because it's so hard to realize what is, or uh, accept what is the reality of things. I recently found uh, an essay I wrote when I was 10 years old and I was going to school in Cameroon in the in uh, in Yaounde in the capital. I was in a primary school that an English speaking primary school in the francophone region of Cameroon, in Cameroon you speak English and French. So in my very overcrowded school because it yeah it was English speaking so all the Anglophone kids and many other kids came to to that school. So we had two shifts. So some some one week I would go to school in the morning and the next week I would go in the afternoon, just alternating like that. So in that school I wrote this essay where um I don't have it. I tried to look for it this morning. I couldn't find it. But in it I in it I say my name is Miriam. I'm I don't know if I say my age. I say I look like a girl. I find that very funny, <laughs> and then I go on to say that um, I want to, I want to work hard to honor my parents, and then I want to uh, bring electricity to my village. I want to bring water to my village and things and stuff like that, you know. And then what struck me when I would read this essay was that I spoke about parents at the time I was not living with my parents. I did not have parents at the, I, I was living with my uncle who was very, he was really, um, physically very abusive. And, uh, like I was totally parentified cooking, cleaning, washing his clothes, walking to school, four kilometers, walking back four kilometers and uh, I had to sit there in silence or unless he spoke to me, then I could reply. He couldn't read and write. So I had to um, do my own homework because if I failed school, he would beat me. He would beat me randomly for many things. So I always sat there very tense, very scared, not knowing when the next beating would come or for what, you know, so yeah. So that was it. So I spent two years living with this uncle. Mm-hmm. Why I'm saying this is that Fast forward if we think about this um invisible loyalties. Many years later, when I was not even living with him, he was in Cameroon and I was living in Switzerland. He wanted me to study medicine. And I can tell you when I was in high school, I was right on my way to go study medicine because my uncle wanted me to be to study medicine. Um and then uh when I was in Switzerland, I sent a letter to my dad and uh, that I didn't know, and he replied, and then we started calling each other. Um, in the letter I sent him, there were I sent him pictures of me when I visited the United States and things like that. So my uncle told me that he had the, these picture, my pictures in his breast pocket, and he would show anyone in the village who cared that I was his daughter, I was very smart, and I would go to university, and he was so proud of me. And I can tell you, I wanted to make my father proud. I wanted to make my uncle proud. I wanted to make my village proud, especially that my father is a prince in my village. And I also heard growing up that, oh, you're a princess, Miriam, you're a princess. And I wanted to believe I was a princess. I wanted to be a princess, you know, even though my life was (laughs) that of Cinderella, I wanted to feel I was... The princess. Anyways, when I became a teenager, it was really hard to reconcile all these identities, all these contradictions. And that's what happens in, um, when you're abused and then you have these uh, invisible loyalties. So there's what you want to project. You want to be a good person. You want to respect your family. You want to do what they, they want from you. They want, what they are asking of you but deep inside you're conflicted you're angry you're, you're yeah okay you say i'm a princess but in my head i say okay why was i raised like an orphan like cinderella um you know uh, my uncle wants me to become a doctor where well, why didn't he treat me better and things like that right but you don't say it because you don't want to disrespect the adults in your life let's say it like that but th- this 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 um This conflict, you know, it leads to sabotage. It leads to you sabotaging yourself because you go out in the world and you do things that you're not interested in just to prove a point, just to make other people happy. So I went to high school. I studied biology and chemistry uh, with the aim of going to university to study medicine like my abusive uncle uh, dreamt of. But you have to see that he's the only father figure I had, even though I lived with him only for two years, he was the only father figure I had in my early childhood. So you can see it as uh, Stockholm uh, Syndrome, you know. The fact that he wanted me to go um, and study medicine mattered more than anything. When you see, like today when I see how he treated me and then how I was trying to please him still, Because that's the thing, unconsciously, I wanted to study medicine so that my uncle would at last love me and accept me, you know, that love and acceptance and beatings I had then, I I thought that by doing something he really valued, it will repair all what I didn't get. I will at last get the love I never had. I will at last get the recognition. I will become someone valuable in their eyes, right? But that's so, so wrong because you put your energy into something that doesn't interest you i I don't like hospitals i don't like how hospitals smell and i wanted to go be a doctor but luckily in third year of high school it was not a conscious thing i just got fed up i sat next to two girls who were um trying to go to um who were studying for an entrance exam into translation school to study languages and somehow i'm like no i don't want to study medicine anymore i switched and then i didn't switch i was good in all my i was doing good in all my subjects at, at in high school so i just focused more on doing preparing the entrance exam to go to to um to do translation studies at university and yeah at least i think i i understood at one point that my uncle didn't have a hold on me anymore. He couldn't decide my life. Like what he said far away there in Cameroon didn't matter. If I don't want to do it, he cannot do anything to me. But now what I want to say for people who listen to this podcast is that these invisible loyalties, they make us live a life that is not for us. You know, we we live with guilt and shame So the idea would be to break away from them. It's so, so hard. But as adults, we owe it to ourselves first to say, "Okay, thank you, parents. Thank you, ancestors, for what you did for me. You did the best you could, uh, even though, though it was not enough. You did the best you could. But as from now on, I want to live my own life. And this is what I choose to do with my life. Uh, That's why I'm doing this podcast and I'm writing and I'm blogging because actually at the core of me, that's what I always loved. Reading books, writing, bouncing ideas around in my head, connecting them and things like that. That's what I love. It gives me life to do this, to write, to speak. That's what I love. But I can tell you for years, for even decades, I didn't do that um, because I was trying to fit in. I was trying to, to, to fit into what society expected of me, my family expected of me, what would make people proud of me. So, But then I was not happy and I was not giving it my all or even dedicated to things. I procrastinated and I still procrastinate. <laughs> because that's not what I wanted to do in my life. You know, but all of this is unconscious. We don't know why we feel so conflicted. We want this job, we get it, and then we get there and say, like, Oh my god, what am I doing here? And then we just feel we don't know what to do with our lives. That self sabotage is because maybe something at the core is not right, and we need to free ourselves from these loyalties because if we take these loyalties at the macro level, they cause a lot of problems. Because in some families, when we are born, there are some like the, a family could be that they hate this other family, you know, and they were born into that and then we just inherit that hatred and then we're just hating that other family because that's what we do in our family, you know. This is destructive. And many, or we hate that group or we hate those people, um, I don't know, who have uh, four years, <laughs> you know, but then you don't even know them, you don't even examine, but why do we hate them again, you know, there's no no, that's how it is. That's how it's always been. So it's that questioning that bringing those invisible loyalties to light and then we can break the cycle and then we stop the self-sabotage on us. And we give ourselves a real chance to create a life that is fulfilling. And something with these um, loyalties is that sometimes unconsciously, we don't dare be happy because maybe we come from poverty. Imagine, um, I don't know, you grow up in poverty, and then you you manage to get yourself out of poverty and then you go to university and then you you have a good job and you know what in how invisible loyalties can play in your life. you can think invis- like unconsciously, oh my parents, my siblings, my cousins they're still they're still not out of poverty, you know, and then you restrict yourself, maybe you do well in your job and then Um, have relationships where you are not close to the person, just that you don't have it all. It's like a way of holding yourself back, you know, holding yourself back because you're trying to be loyal to, um, to your other family members. And this is unconscious. The thing is, we have to realize it because holding yourself back will not necessarily translate into them getting a better situation. It's just that you both lose. Maybe they are not in a better situation, but you you don't live your life fully because you have these invisible loyalties holding you to them, right? It's like, I don't know, a daughter who would say, my mom is my best friend, you know? But while you're busy being your mom's best friend, you cannot be the daughter that you need to be to grow in that relationship with your mom. It means that you're taking care of your mother's needs and then you're not being a daughter. And that's detrimental to your own growth and your own development, I say young woman an adult woman or a child right and but for that you have to at one point realize that no i have to take my seat as a daughter and stop feeding my mother's needs to to have a friend and actually encourage her or tell her to get a friend a real friend and uh sometimes i don't know if um if we come from a country where our ancestors were killed or or for us black people where we we went through colonization or like African-Americans with slavery and stuff. Sometimes we hold ourselves back because our ancestors suffered so much and then we don't dare go out there and fully express ourselves because, you know, there will be like the perpetrator, you know. For example, you could be living in, in the ghetto and then you, want, you decide, oh, I want to be this and you want to be that. People in the ghetto might feel threatened by... The fact that you want to break out, you know, and yeah, and so, but you not breaking out will not make things better. It will not automatically translate into people around you having a better situation. So, it's important to understand these ties because the ties, the the invisible ties that are toxic, are the ones that make you feel small and restrict your growth. So those ties, you have to kind of cut them off or realize them and, and release them, you know, so that you can actually grow. Because the reality of it is that our ancestors, our forefathers, you know, they want us to thrive. They want us to be the best version of them. You know, we always hear this saying on social media, I'm the best version of my ancestors. That's what they want for us that's really what they want for us, you know. So when we know better, we do better. So if you look in your life, you see that there are these ties, sometimes they're really, really insidious and unconscious. But if you realize that you have these ties, you know, try to break them off. Because sometimes when we didn't get what we needed, we were neglected, we were not loved, we were not um, protected, you know. It's easier to like, It's not easier, but unconsciously we can bond with, we can become an angry person like our father because somehow it brings us closer to our father and maybe he will give us that recognition we never had. Or we can be uh, depressed like our mother because somehow it brings us closer to our mother and then maybe she will see us because she didn't have time to see you in childhood and things like that. But these are things that we hold you back or we hold ourselves back, you know, We go in the world and think, oh, yeah, okay, I have a good job. At least I have a good job, you know. We have this lack mentality where, okay, I have a good job. Um, Then it's okay if my relationships don't work out. Instead of, like, saying, okay, I'm scared of relationships. What could be going on here? And maybe seeing that we are scared of intimacy and things like that and working on that and then so that we can have thriving relationships in our lives. But when we have these invisible ties where maybe we come from something where relationships were not always good, we could we could want to, you know, somehow in a distorted way um, hold ourselves back because we are loyal to this, you know. We are loyal to, to we can be loyal to good things, you know, to to good traditions, to things that align with us, that don't make us feel as if but when we discover that there are these invisible ties, it's it's a good thing to think about it. Think about the invisible ties in your life and then see which ones you can uh, try to break. Um, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to talk about today. I hope it will help you. You can share with me what you thought about this episode. I just find it fascinating, this um, this concept. And uh, it explains a lot, you know, it explains a lot for me and for things that I see. And it's not an easy path, of course. It's not the easiest path to, for example, for me to come and accept that, Okay, um, that family uh, I so thought I had where I never really had a family. My father was not there. So even if he's proud of me, it's because that's for his own reasons, because he could maybe tell the villagers that, his daughter is abroad, and he looks good. Um, my uncle wanting me to become a doctor. Well, that was not for me. That was his own dream. That was not my dream because he never knew me. I had to sit there silent. So it's not as if I told him I loved <laughs> science or anything, um, you know. Um, so, but it's not easy to come and see things for for what they are. It's a process. It's a long process. Me it took me a long time to see that, okay, this is what happened to me. This is what my, my family constellation was. But the beauty in accepting that is that then I don't blame myself for what happened to me. Um, okay, I'm saying it, but there are still things. But for, most, for the most part, I don't blame myself for the abuse I received. And um, it gives me the, also the opportunity and the freedom to create something new for myself, something that looks more like me, align a, to create a new me that is um, aligned with my values, you know, aligned like choosing who I want to become, getting to know myself, like what do I like? Who am I? What, what is important to me? What kind of relationship do I want to build? What kind of mother do I want to be? What kind of spouse do I want to be? How do I want to live my life? You know? That's the freedom that it brings me. Then I don't have to report to these to ties that are um, toxic or you know dysfunctional or make myself small because if I'm if I myself this person will feel hurt or if I say say this it will hurt this other person. If I say this, we don't do that in our family. No, I break free from that and uh, I. I, I take my life into my own hands. And that's what I wish for you. So voila, huh? that's the episode today. Um, until next time, take good care of yourselves. Bye.